John chapter number four, commencing with verse five and concluding with verse 15. The words of the apostle John is as follows. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whomever or whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. Verse 13 and 14. Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. For a few minutes this morning, this morning, with the aid of your prayers, I want to preach from the subject. When you are still thirsty, when you are still thirsty, take your seats and pray along with me. Our Father and our God, in the immaculate name of your Son, Christ Jesus, Father God, it is preaching time and your servant needs the inspiration, the comfort and care of your Holy Spirit. Father God, it is my prayer that you would just move by your spirit this morning, Father God. And it is my prayer that the words that will come forth from my mouth will, you, will be used for our education, edification, but most of all, your exaltation. So, Father God, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in our sight, O Lord, my strength. And my redeemer. Amen. When you are still thirsty, when you are still thirsty, the book of John was the last gospel that was written. 
and it was written by the apostle John that is one of the disciples the disciple John and it is centered or written around seven major signs and you need to understand my brothers and sisters that these seven major signs were simply written to prove that Jesus Christ was or is the Messiah so it was written to convince the readers that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. Now this morning we find ourselves in John chapter number four, studying, examining, and learning a very familiar story. But before we get to that story, let me give you the breakdown of John chapter number four. Grab your outlines. Here is the breakdown of John chapter number four. The first 26 verses of John chapter number four, you are discovered the meeting of the Messiah. The meeting of the Messiah. That's John chapter number four, verses one through 26. The meeting of the Messiah. John chapter number four, verses one through 26. In verses 27 through 38 of John chapter number four, you'll discover the marveling by the disciples, the marveling by the disciples. In verses 39 through 42, you'll discover the many believers, the many believers. And lastly, in John chapter number four, verses 43 through 54, you'll discover the miracle by the Messiah, the miracle by the Messiah. Now, going back to John chapter number four, verses one through 26, we're going to center our discussion this morning on three areas in this story. Three areas in the story of the meeting of the Messiah. That is Jesus meeting this woman from Samaria. And the first thing you will notice in verses four through eight, John chapter four, verses four through eight, is the confrontation, confrontation with the woman, the confrontation with the woman. That's John chapter number four, verses four through eight. In verses nine through 27, you'll discover the challenge or conversation with the woman. The conversation or challenge to the woman. That's in John chapter number four, verses nine through 27. And lastly, in verses 28 through 29 of John chapter number four, you'll discover the changing or conversion of the woman. So this morning, we want to center our discussion or focus our discussion really in those three areas. The confrontation with the woman, the challenge to the woman, and the conversion or changing of the woman. So what I want to do with the remaining minutes of my time, let me walk you through a few verses of John chapter number four, share this story with you, those who are familiar and those who are not familiar. And then I want to talk about when you are thirsty, when you are thirsty. So the chapter begins in, well, let's start with chapter, well, verse number three of John chapter number four. We discover that Jesus is, is leaving Judea and is heading north to Galilee. So Jesus is walking. Jesus is walking from Judea to Galilee. And the scripture tells us in verse 4, I believe, that, well, let me get there. Let me just make sure that I'm giving you the right verses. Yeah, in verse 4, 
that Jesus needed to go through Samaria. In other words, he had a desire or will. It was necessary for him to go through Samaria, to go to a place where Jews really had no dealings, as the scripture tells us. Jews really not, had no dealings with the Samaritans, which were a mixed group of people. But nonetheless, Jesus thought it necessary to go through Samaria. And the scripture goes on to tell us in verse, well, really in verse, uh, yeah, verse number six and verse seven, that Jesus is, you know, we know Jesus is walking and he comes to this well. And it tells us in verse six that it is Jacob's well. And it also tells us in verse six that Jesus is wearied. So Jesus is walking. Jesus is near a well and Jesus is also wearied. It also tells us, the scripture also tells us it's about the 12th hour. Now, think about this. This is how you have to read the Bible. I don't think the Bible is really that difficult to, to understand. The scripture tells us that he is weary. Well, he's walking, and it is about the sixth hour, which means that it's about noontime. And I don't think, personally, that it was cold. <laughs> I don't think it was cold. But he's, he's weary. So, you know, if you, if, you, if you walk for any period of time and... And I meant to, to give you all the distance, but maybe that can be a homework assignment for you, to look up the distance from, from Galilee, excuse me, from Judea to Samaria, and, or from Judea to, to Galilee. But nonetheless, Jesus had been walking, and the scripture clearly tells us that he was, he was weary. I mean, he was worn out. Let me say that since I have a difficult time pronouncing the word wearied. He was worn out. He was, Jesus was worn out, but he was by this well, and he saw this woman. A lot of W's, I don't know, a lot of W's are in the scripture this morning. But he was, he was walking, he was, he was by this well, he was worn out, and he saw a woman, and he asked the woman for some water. Lots of W's. I guess it's, it's, it's W's this morning. So he asked this woman for a drink of water, and... The woman responds, and then Jesus responds to the woman and says in verse 10, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. So the woman then responds, where do I get this living water? And then Jesus ultimately responds that whoever drinks of the liquid water will thirst again, the water that was the physical water, the water that was right in front of the both of them. Will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I should give him will never thirst. But the water that I should give him will become in him a fountain of water springing into everlasting life. The woman in verse 15 said to him, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. So Jesus has this confrontation with the woman, and then he goes on. We didn't read the scriptures, but he goes on to challenge the woman. He, he specifically calls the woman out, so to speak. He tells the woman to go get her husband, and the woman responds, I have no husband. And Jesus responds, you have had five husbands and the one that you are shacking with, I can say that, 
the one that you're shacking with is not your husband. So he challenges the woman, and then as a result of their interaction, ultimately, if you read the latter verses of the chapter, the woman experienced a, a certain conversion. And her conversion was such that her countenance, I would argue that her countenance changed because when she went to talk to men in the area or in the village, they were excited about, they became, ultimately, they became believers based upon what she was saying. Now, they later on said, once they saw Jesus for themselves, that they believed not only because of her, but because of Jesus Christ. So, in other words, this woman, through her conversion, was able to reach others for Christ. But Jesus touches on this concept of living water. Living water. Now, you and I know that water, which I have here, is very important. Physical water is very important. But I submit to you that liquid water is important, but I also submit to you that living water is important as well. In fact, living water is just as and more important than liquid water. Now, for those of you who are not yet believers in what I just said, let me share with you some facts about the importance of water. And the water that I'm talking about is liquid water. But in sharing these facts about liquid water, I believe you would discover that these same set of facts apply to spiritual or living water. Can you and I agree that water, liquid water, is important? Can we all agree? Water is important. Let me give you some facts about liquid water and facts about living water. The water in our bodies are or is essential for life. Without water, we cannot survive. Now, that's a fact. 60% of our adult body is made of water. Think about what I just said. The water in our bodies is essential for life. The liquid water in our bodies is essential, essential for life. I would argue that living water is essential for life. Since the water in our bodies is continually being used or lost, it needs to be continually replaced. I'm talking about liquid water. And the best fluid to replace it with is water. I would also argue that it is necessary for living water. Water is involved in every bodily function from digestion and circulation to the control of body temperature and the excretion of waste products. The water in our body, again, is continually being used and lost from the body. I'm talking about liquid water, but I would also argue that applies to living water. Let me say these three 
facts about living water again. And I want you to think about living water. Three facts about liquid water, I should say. But I'm also talking about living water. It's essential, it's continually being used, and it needs to be replaced. Every now and then, I like to consult a trusty source of mine called UrbanDictionary.com. And the reason why I like to consult that, choice, that, that, that source from time to time, because I know, I guess, maybe not recently, but, but I know there's this term going around called thirsty, right? Y'all heard that term, right? Y'all know what thirsty is, right? Urban Dictionary says, thirsty means too eager to get something. In fact, Sister Kim always reminds me that they are thirsty. So Urban Dictionary says thirsty means too eager to get something. So let me ask the question, what are you thirsty for? What are you thirsty for? Understand, my brothers and sisters, that you can drink and still be thirsty. The truth of the matter is that some of us are thirsty for the wrong things. Now, this woman that Jesus met had an emotional thirst. I would argue that she was thirsty for the wrong things. I really wish I could say it a different way. I'll just say that she had an emotional thirst. But I need just remind you that Jesus said that she had five husbands. And the one that she was shacking with was not her husband. So I'll just say that she had an emotional thirst. So again, I repeat that. You can be thirsty, you can drink, you can drink and still be thirsty. Some people, quite honestly, are dying of thirst. And so, lastly, I want to share with you, when you are still thirsty, when you are still thirsty. So I want you all to catch this, catch these two points, when you are still thirsty. And this is, this is straight, this is what the Lord shared with me for the practical points. John chapter 4, verses 13. Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. John chapter 4, verse 18. You have had five husbands, and the one whom you have now have is not your husband. So number one, when you are still thirsty, it is because you are drinking the wrong stuff. Amen lights. Amen lights. The scripture says, whoever drinks of this water... Whoever drinks of this water, she was drinking the warm water. She was partaking or intaking the wrong water, the physical, the physical water. And Jesus was trying to talk to her about a spiritual, a spiritual water or a living water. But also evidence is that she had she had five husbands. I just said she had an emotional, she had an emotional thirst. She had a thirst that could not be satisfied. So if you are still thirsty or when you are still thirsty, number one, it is because you are drinking the wrong stuff. But number two, when you're still thirsty, it is because you're not drinking enough, enough. So when you are still thirsty, it's because you're drinking the wrong stuff. And it's because you are not drinking enough. 
John 4 and 14 says, whoever drinks of the water that I should give him will never thirst. But the water that I should give him will become a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Now, out of everything that I read and studied for this message, that statement, a fountain of water, immediately upon reading that, the Lord dropped in my spirit the following. A fountain is something that flows. A fountain is something that flows. And see, I'm one just to let you know, when the Lord gives something to me, I got to write it down because I'll forget it. I'll forget it. But this is what the Lord says. A fountain is something that flows. So Jesus is saying here, the more me that flows into you leads to a quenching of your thirst. The more of Jesus that flows into you leads to a quenching of your thirst. So let's recap. When you are still thirsty, it is because you are drinking the wrong what? And when you are still thirsty, it is because you are not drinking, not drinking enough. Lastly, I'll share that in John chapter 7, verses 37 through 39, Jesus makes a universal appeal. Notice what Jesus says in John chapter 7, verses 37 and 38. Jesus says, on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood, or the words, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. What are you thirsty for? Now is the opportunity to quench your thirst. Everyone standing.